Amen. I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Um, if you've been with us the last few weeks, you'll know that we are making our way through um, the Lord's Prayer, this famous prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in some ways. Maybe it could be more appropriately called the Disciples' Prayer. He meant it for them, but he taught it himself. And this prayer has always had a central place in Christian worship and discipleship. Uh, Martin Luther, the famous Protestant reformer, said that if you want to know how to take hold of God's promises today, the way to do that is to pray the things that are in this prayer. So we're exploring it together today. We come to the line in verse 11. It says, give us today our daily bread. And it is our custom to pair our reading, our sermon text reading with a reading from the opposite testament. Tonight will come from the book of Deuteronomy, and Thomas George will read that. So, Thomas, you can come on up. Tonight's Old Testament reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. We'll be reading verses 2 and 3. And you shall remember the whole, the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that you might make, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we say thanks be to God in response to the reading of your word as an acknowledgement. Lord, that those of us gathered here today understand that we don't live by bread alone, but instead we live off every word that comes from your mouth. Lord, so we ask that you would feed us, Lord, in these moments. Lord, we ask in your kindness and in your mercy if you would do the thing that only you can do. Would you take these words that are in your word Lord, would you take the words that I prepared, and Lord, would you use them to great effect in our hearts and in our souls, and Lord, would you use them tonight to give us great hope in our Lord Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. I want to begin tonight um, by making three statements. Statement number one 
is going to be just a statement of fact. Statement number two is going to be a statement that causes frustration. And statement number three is going to be a statement that can absolutely set you free. So first, the statement of fact. The Lord's usual way, the Lord's usual way of providing for his people, this is a statement of fact, the Lord's usual way of providing for his people is one day at a time. That's a fact. All right, here's the statement that can cause frustration. It's this statement. The Lord's usual way of providing for his people is one day at a time. And here's the third statement, the statement that can set us free tonight. The Lord's usual way of providing for his people is one day at a time. Now, those three statements will form the outline of this sermon. We'll take it in three parts, and my hope is by the end, you'll see one main truth. And here's the main thing I want you to hear. If you don't hear anything else I say this afternoon, this is what I hope you hear. In Christ, we already have what we need. In Christ, we already have what we need. So let's make our way through this one part at a time. First of all, the Lord's usual way of providing for his people is one day at a time. Let's take a look together at Matthew chapter 6. Verse 11, Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. When Jesus uses this phrase, daily bread, it's an interesting phrase. Um, there's nowhere else in the New Testament except the book of Luke where Jesus uses this phrase. Um, in the book of Luke, when the same exact prayer is being supplied... Um, Jesus uses this phrase, daily bread. Um, it occurs no other place in the New Testament. Um, it occurs no other place in Greek and Roman literature. It's an utterly unique word when Jesus says daily bread. He means something like bread of necessity. He means something like the, need, the, the basic provision for everything that we need our needs in every way understood, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational. He means the whole thing. The things that you need for today. That's what this phrase is getting at. But what's standing in the background of Jesus using this phrase, daily bread, is the Exodus story. 
See, there's so many things about this section of Matthew in particular that is intended to remind you and me of the Exodus story. And if we had a lot of time tonight, I would tell you of all the connections between this particular section of Matthew and the Exodus story. Like, like for example, these are the kinds of things I would tell you. Um, I would tell you that Matthew is the only gospel writer that tells us that Jesus, when a young child, had to flee into Egypt. See, the people of Israel, of course, were in slavery in Egypt. Um, Just like Jesus goes into the waters of his baptism and comes out on the other side in the wilderness, in the same way, the people of Israel crossed through the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness for a time of testing, just like Jesus does. Jesus goes into the wilderness for a time of temptation and testing. I'll tell you of the other Exodus connections, like like for example, um, Jesus is on a mountainside in this scene teaching his disciples. It was Moses who was up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, teaching God's people, receiving the law from God in order to teach it to God's people. Jesus has gathered around him right now 12 disciples. See, the people of Israel were gathered around Moses in 12 tribes. Biblical scholars will tell you that if you want to understand the Sermon on the Mount, you have to understand so much of what's happening in Exodus. And there is this scene in the book of Exodus where God provides daily bread for the people in the wilderness. You might be familiar with the scene. The people of Israel have just escaped from slavery in Egypt, and they're hungry, and they begin to grumble, and they begin to complain, and they wonder where they're going to get food to eat, and they're delusional at this point. They're saying, back in Egypt, we had meat pots, is what they say. I don't know if you've eaten recently from a meat pot, but it's a great thing. (laughs) And they're, they're kind of delusional, like in Egypt, we had meat pots, and we got to eat till we were fully satisfied, and that, of course, was not true. They were groaning in Egypt in pain and suffering. But they're out in the wilderness and they don't have the provision that they need. And Moses comes to them with the word of the Lord saying that here's what the Lord is going to do for you. He's going to provide you bread every day. You're going to wake up in the morning and there's going to be like a dew on the ground. And the dew will settle into a little flaky substance that is a kind of bread that I'm going to provide for you. And each day you will gather just exactly what you need. And then the next day you'll gather exactly what you need. And the next day I'll provide it again and you'll gather exactly what you need. And the next day I'll provide exactly what you need and you'll go out and you'll gather it again. And the next day I'll provide exactly what you need and you'll go out and you'll gather it again. And then the next day I'll actually give you two days worth for the sixth day but also for the seventh day, so you can rest and not have to go out, go out and gather. And I'll give that to you day by day by day, and it will be exactly what you need, enough to fill and satisfy you, but with just enough for that day. And in that scene, it all happens just like the Lord promises. And the people of Israel do exactly what you would have done. 
Like on the third day, they tried to gather a lot of it. So either they wouldn't have to do it tomorrow or they could just, maybe it's just, we're in the wilderness, it's scarce. We don't know if the Lord will continue to provide it. So let's just gather as much of it as we can. And the scriptures tell us that when they would gather more than they needed for that day, that it would grow worms in it. In other words, it would spoil and become rotten. In the King James Version, the Bible says, said it would stank. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> and you heard Thomas read it. And the reason why the Lord provided day by day by day by day was to teach God's people something. And the something that they were supposed to learn was that we don't live from bread. But instead, we live from God and from his faithful provision. The Lord is saying to the people of Israel in so many words, and look me in the eyes when I say this, the Lord is saying to this people in so many words, we're not going to do the self-reliance thing here. You're in a new time, you're in a new era where I will be your God and you will be my people. But the way our life is going to work out together in this wilderness place or in the place of abundance and plenty and anywhere in between, the way our life will work out is you relying on me. We are not going to do the self-reliance thing. I want to just throw it out there that when you find yourself trying to do the self-reliance thing, you will often find the Lord blocking your ability to do that out of kindness. See, when Jesus is talking daily bread, he's, he's stoking their hearts with the memory of God's people, that God provides for what they need one day at a time. Jesus is not necessarily talking about never making plans, but he is talking about always maintaining posture, a posture that is open-handed, waiting for the Lord to give. It's just the way the Lord works, one day at a time. It is his usual way of working. See, this manna in the wilderness thing in Exodus is not an exceptional thing. It is a pattern of how God will be, not just for them, but also for us. Which leads us to the second thing. The Lord's usual way of providing is one day at a time, and isn't that so Frustrating. We talked about this last week, but we want to tighten our grip on things. We, we, we love self-reliance. 
Self-reliance is enshrined in our culture as an extremely high good. There's two values enshrined in our culture almost above anything. One is do your own thing and rely on yourself as you do it. We would prefer self-reliance than day-by-day trust, wouldn't we? The people of God in Exodus preferred the slavery of Egypt, but with certainty and control, than the wildness and freedom of being God's people. We prefer the same thing. I will take all kinds of slavery or pain if I can be in control. The thing I can almost not take is being loose with my grip on things. I mean, even you feel and you sense the disciples becoming frustrated with this in the gospel stories. The disciples are always asking Jesus these kind of future-oriented questions. They're always saying, okay, Jesus, I know what we're doing here and now today and what you're giving us is great and everything, but what about when you come in your kingdom? Can I sit at your right hand? People are always trying to bait Jesus into self-reliance. That is the temptation in the wilderness that Satan tempts Jesus with. You could get stones and turn them to bread The devil is literally tempting Jesus along the lines of self-reliance. And even Jesus, this is Jesus we're talking about, Jesus of all people, says, I don't live by bread alone, but I live from every word that comes from the mouth of my father. And I do what he tells me to do. So if it's just a fact that is God's way of operating to provide for us one day at a time. And if that can be deeply frustrating, if we're honest, let me tell you tonight about this third piece. How it can set us free. The Lord's usual way of providing for us is one day at a time, and I'm learning that this is deeply freeing. See, if our Lord Jesus is calling us here to some sort of posture of open-handedness, if he's calling us to some sort of posture of open-handedness in order to receive what he gives, if he's calling us to some sort of posture of deep reliance on him, what we have to remember is that if we will live this way, and if we will learn to live this way, and Christians for thousands of years have attested to this fact, if we'll learn to live this way, We'll learn to like it.
Now, letting go of self-reliance and living open-handed, it's a kind of like an acquired taste. I remember the first time that I took a drink with my grandfather of a cup of steaming hot black coffee. I was 14 years old. I took a drink of it, and I made a face like this, and he looked at me and said, you'll learn to like it. And he's right. Living open-handed, one day at a time, as to what, looking to what God gives. The saints who've gone before us says that we'll learn to like that posture. That it will move us from our throats closed with anxiety all the time to peace. That it will move us from the exhaustion of self-reliance to rest in God's provision and in his grace. I want to give you guys three pictures that came to my mind this week along these lines of the freedom that comes from trusting God day by day. I'm going to give you three pictures. Here's the first picture. I share this with his permission. Um, He is in the room right now, but our son, Henry. When Henry was very, very young, like a couple months old, He was screaming, and he was crying, and he was completely freaking out because he was hungry. And as I fixed his bottle, I remember shaking it, and and as he's seeing it getting ready and prepared, he's growing all the more freaked out over it. And he's a couple months old, and I'm shaking it, and I say to him, I say, buddy, when has your dad not giving you what you needed. I'm always giving you what you need. And as I said that to my infant son, it's like I heard the Lord say to me, hmm. Have you heard the Lord's hmm before? Here's the second picture. I, um, just this week, I was at an event, and I heard um, a friend of mine, his name's Colin. Colin has written a biography of the late Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York City. You guys probably know who that is. He passed away this summer. And Colin shared the story of um, the way in which, in his friendship with Keller, He saw Keller become more peaceful. Colin explained it like this, that for 30, 40 years of pastoral ministry, Keller was always anxious and uptight all the time. What will the next phone call be about? Good or bad? What will the next email ask of me? What will the next text message be about? What will the next, hey, can we talk with you for a minute, be about? And he lived in kind of the anxiety of worry about the next day. But Colin said that when Tim was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, he saw Tim grow more and more free. And he asked him about it. 
And, and Tim said to Colin, I don't know. It's like I'm becoming more aware of the grace that God has for me right now. Somehow, the diagnosis created a posture of Keller becoming wildly aware of the grace and provision that God had for him now. It's interesting that we always find what we're looking for. And if we look for God's grace and God's provision now, we'll suddenly see that daily provision is just there for the taking. Here's a third picture about this, how this, the freedom of daily reliance on God became somewhat alive to me. Um, just this week, I was talking with a friend of mine who is a neighbor, and he asked me, how's everything going at the church? And I say to him, fine. <laughs> he asked some questions about how it's all going for grace with the building situation with finding a new place to worship come January. And I was telling them about how a lot of that uncertainty about what the future holds has just weighed really heavy on my heart. And he empathizes, he listens. He said to me, well, brother, I'll be praying for you. And then to change the subject, he says to me, on another note, what are you preaching right now? And I said, well, it's a series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer. And he says, oh, yeah, well, which, which one? Which part? And I said, give us today our daily bread. He goes, so what was last week? I said, thy will be done. And my friend just said to me, hmm. I want to end tonight by speaking to your heart. God's usual way of providing for us is one day at a time. God's usual way of providing for us is one day at a time. And God's usual way of providing for us everything we need physically, relationally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is one day at a time. And I want to end tonight by just speaking to your heart. What are we praying when we pray this? When we pray this prayer, Lord, give us today our daily bread, what we are saying in effect is this. We're saying, Lord, you are the one who knows. You know what I need. I have needs that are deep inside of me that only you can know. And I know you know what those are. And what I'm asking you, 
I'm asking you to provide for me today with provision that only you have. And I want to tell you how our Lord answers that prayer. I'm finding he answers it in two ways. The first way he answers that is simply saying to us, of course. Of course I will. I've always provided everything my people need, and I'm not going to stop today. Of course. Of course I will. And the reason why our Lord can answer that way so confidently is the second way that he answers that prayer. And the second way he answers this prayer is simply saying, you have me. See, there's a scene in the Gospel of John where Jesus has just provided bread in the wilderness for a multitude of people. It all harkens to the Exodus event. That's another sermon for another night. And after he provides that bread in the wilderness for that multitude of people, Jesus in John chapter 6 gets into a conversation about what just happened. And Jesus begins to say, you people believe in me because you were filled with bread. And that's great. But I have deeper provision than that. I have a different bread than that. I have a truer bread than that. Something that will meet every need that you have that's more than just physical bread, but it's a kind of bread that will meet every need you have, satisfy every hunger that you have, and it will satisfy and fill you forever, always. Day by day by day by day by day, you'll always have enough for it, enough of it. Enough for the need and enough of it. And the people, of course, are listening to Jesus say this, and they say to him, they say to him, they say to him, well, then give us this bread. And Jesus looks back at them, and he says, I am the bread. I am the bread. Now, I cannot possibly know tonight the deep needs inside of your heart and your soul. I can't possibly know that. But what I know is that you have a God who will give you everything that you need because we have a God that gives us himself. That's the whole thing. There isn't another thing. Let's pray together. Lord, these things, of course, are easier to talk about from a pulpit than to take hold of in the very real things that we face tomorrow. Lord, but we ask that you would give us each day all the things we need. We ask that you'd be so kind to do this for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.